Welcome to Caffeine, Crime and Canines, a podcast brought to you by two girls who love their dogs, love coffee, but most importantly, love true crime. What is going on, Lockie? Oh my gosh, I feel like we've got so much to talk about, I'm not going to lie. We do. I don't even know where to start, honestly. I know. One, this is like nothing related, crime related, nothing. Mm. But I'm just fuming because this only just happened like an hour ago. Is this the sock thing? Oh. <laughs> I can't explain to you how angry I am. Why? So they've obviously got the wrong picture. So, against the wrong. Yes. Item. I don't I don't know how this is happening. So just like a quick Really quick background. I wanted these socks from ASOS and it sounds so stupid, but I really like them. They're literally just white socks with like a strip. They've got like these three different pairs and they've got like blue, I don't know, pink and blue, sorry, blue, pink and purple or something. Right? They've got little hearts on them. And I'm like, they are so freaking cute because I'm loving long socks at the moment. Mm. So I bought them like in Jan and they sent me like, not. they don't even look, they're not even white socks. They sent me like something completely different. Yeah. And I was like fuming. I was like, damn it. And I'm like, because I tried to reorder them and they're like sold out. So then I've been checking like every day. Then they came up last week that they were back in stock. I'm like, yes. So then I ordered more of them, like another two pairs <laughs> and like two, three packs. Anyway, I got them just before. And again, they're the, the wrong ones, the same wrong ones they sent me like a few, like what, three weeks ago. Yeah. I don't understand how they could stuff this up. Have you tried to return yeah, I actually, you know what? I literally, I sent, you know, you can do that chat thing with ASOS. Yeah. I sent them and even the girls were like, I can't understand how this has happened. Because originally I just thought it was like an error when they were packing like my stuff because I got a whole bunch of stuff. Mm. But now she's like, it seems that there must be an actual error in the warehouse. Yeah, like an item code has a different photo on it. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do they exist? Are they actually real socks? Or- I don't. Freaking no. This is what I said to her. I'm like, can you just tell me if they're real because I want to buy them. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, unfortunately, this is like we've got to clear up the issue with our warehouse first before we take it further. And I was like, great. Oh, God. But anyway, that's it. the sock saga the sock I'm calling it. Yeah. 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 That's one thing I was dying to tell you. Yeah. What else? Another freaking huge thing is I messaged you yesterday that I went randomly to an op shop. Yep. Like, so random. And, like, you know what? One of my girlfriends, she's just the most incredible op shopper in the world. Like, I can't explain to you how good she is at op shopping. Yeah. So she inspires me. So, like, if I see an op shop, I'm like, you know what? I want to just check it out because of her. Yeah. Anyway, so I go in there and I just wandered around and I'm not very good at op shopping. Like, I just find things dirty and I was just like, <laughs> oh, like, I don't know where to look. But anyway, something drew me. There was like a – um. Like, I don't even know what to call it. It was like a little basket sitting on a shelf. And I don't even know what drew me to it. I was like, I wonder what's in that basket. I could see, like, books. Lucky, I hit, like, the crime fan. Jackpot. Jackpot. <laughs> I can't even tell you. So there are 106 booklets of um, – they're, like, called case murder case books. And they've got, like – Every book is like a different case and it's got like case files in these books. 
Oh, hey. I wonder, they must have been from the same person, you reckon? A hundred percent. Because they were yeah. like, apparently they were like a book because I fully got like one I had picked out a few that I just wanted to purchase and I took them to the like the, the store and the guy's like, oh, unfortunately you can only purchase all of them. And I'm like, um, <laughs> why? I have no idea. There's like they're going as a set. And I was like, you know what? I'll freaking take them. So yeah. I took them all. But um, yeah, I don't. Sorry, what was your question? I got too excited. Um. I didn't have a question. Oh, that, 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 sorry, that, that was from all the same person. <laughs> sorry, so that's what I'm going to say. So I'm losing it. So I Googled it after and apparently it was like a book that was released. Like it was, I think it started in like 1989 to like 91 and they were weekly editions. Oh. And on, I put some photos on our um, Instagram yesterday. I fully spread them all out, took all these photos of them. I was like jumping for joy. I was just so excited. Um, so I, yeah, and some of the cases, you know what's freaking creepy though? So I, as I said, I laid them all out to see if there was any missing. And do you know what was missing? The Ted Bundy one. Oh, like, it's, probably, it's probably expensive. Yeah, well, I wonder because, you know, so I got all of them, like 106 booklets for $25 and I Googled after and some of them are going for like 30 bucks each. Did you Google the Ted Bundy one? Well, I did only because I wanted to get it. I think that was one of the more expensive, expensive ones. ones. But I wouldn't say expensive, expensive, but now it's really pissed me off that it's not part of my collection, so I'm going to have to buy it. Yes. <laughs> How much is gonna see you back? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I cannot wait to show you these like in person. I feel like they're just such a cool find. That's so funny. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, cool. So that's my new, not, not news, news for but the week. My, yeah, news for the week. Yeah, I don't really have any news. Hey, you did send me something freaking nuts on Sunday morning. Oh yeah, I did, and you did put it on Instagram. I did. Um, so for those that didn't see, they – so we covered Brendan Lawson like ages ago and they've um, – they did a – they announced it on this Facebook page, which I think um, Ladessa runs, the girlfriend, and they had a small group of people that decided to just go out and search. I think this happens quite regularly and not far from where he was making those 911 calls – um, they found like some shoe, like his shoes, and then they later found remains that were clothed in the same clothes that he was wearing the night he disappeared. So there, it hasn't been confirmed hundred percent, but they're pretty confident that that's his remains. Um, and like your first question was, how did they not find him the first time? Because he, he was only he wasn't that far away from where he was. Yes, that was that was literally. I'm like, what the heck? But you know what? His dad's released a statement as well. And he goes into a bit more detail about that they had gotten, like, permission to search this property. And when they had – I think that the guy that owned it must be like, no one ever goes back there. So and, don't bother. Yeah, like, don't bother. Like, it's not really like no one goes back there. But the searchers are like, oh, let's – like, we're here now. We may as well search. And that's where they found him. Yeah. It just so, shows you. I don't think he's been moved and put back because of all the clothes that was there. Yeah. Uh, especially the shoes, I think. So it'd be interesting to see what happened, whether, like, they can co- find a cause of death from his remains. Like, it's only been eight years. Like, they might be able to find something. Yeah, I wonder if it was foul play. Mm. 
Mm. Like I think I think like most people are leaning towards like do you know what I mean something else like not felt accidental play. accidental yeah but mm. um I'm very curious to see how this goes yeah so hopefully they post some more updates and we'll obviously release it as it comes out but um that was always something that like really creeped me out you could never understand what had happened and now it's like oh like yeah that it's it's simpler than what we had thought, thought you know? yeah exactly uh you know what else is going on sorry last thing they have been doing so i don't know if you've been keeping up to date with the marion barter inquest a little bit here and there but i know you're a lot on top of it more than i am yes and honestly there's so much info i'm actually even debating just putting out like a bonus um update because there is quite a bit but i'll give you just like the really basic overview and you're gonna freaking lose it right Mm. so they tracked down this man that they that marion was involved in Mm -hmm. and this man is effing dodgy it's exactly like what we thought thought yeah yeah and he's, I think he's given a little bit of evidence. Like he said that they had met somewhere. Honestly, this is just going off the top of my head. They had met somewhere when she was married to her first husband, um, like overseas somewhere, like some European country, right? And they had like a bit of an affair or something. They'd met like in a lobby. I don't know. It sounds really freaking dodgy to me, right? Yeah. Then he says that in like the 90s, Marion had put up a personal ad and not knowing it was her, he had come to Australia and he replied to it. I'm sorry, but some this just and not only that, but I feel like a lot, like some of the stuff he's saying. It sounds like he's he listened to the Lady Vanishes and he's <laughs> using some. I'm not kidding, and he's using some of their like, I don't know, like their what, what they've discussed, like facts in his story. It just sounds odd. Anyway, this guy, one of the names he went by was was Ramakel. Yep. Like he had lots of different identities. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And one of um his like he was see another woman, I think she was just interviewed recently, like in the inquest, and it was a lady that he was seeing and it's how he scammed her. Like he convinced her to sign over like I think it was like her property deed and all this like really um like personal information and like um you know what I mean? Like just all these items of hers to him and she had come back to Australia and then he called her because they were overseas again somewhere. He had called her. This is like late 90s and said, oh, sorry, like I was mugged and I've <laughs> lost like the deed to your house and stuff, like dodgy shit. Oh, my God. And sorry, something else just really quickly is on they freaking have found that he left the country five days before Marion left. Yeah. And he arrived two days before it's, it was said that Marion arrived back in Australia. This guy is 100% connected. Yeah. Th- that is too much of a coincidence. So do you think she's dead? Oh, I honestly think this guy, whatever, this guy's had something to do with it and yeah. Like is he, has he had um, like violent, has he got a violent past or just like scamming people? It looks like he's a major scammer, but who freaking knows? Interesting. I'm really, yeah, I wonder where this is going to, um, the Lady Vanishes have put out two episodes so far mm-hmm. and I've just been reading articles and stuff. And as I said, this is just going off the top of my head, but um, yeah, I'm guessing that there's a lot more information to be made public. It's just, uh, I guess, a matter of time. Yeah, they've just does. released strips and drabs. Just yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
So we will have more of an update. So um, I think that once everything's done, like the inquest is done, maybe we'll do a bonus episode then when we've got all the info together. Yep, yep. But, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Um, I wonder who figured that out because, remember, there was a reward. Yes. Well, you know what, though? I've got a feeling that, like, obviously it was the Lady Vanishes, like just the podcasts in general that were digging and pushing for all this evidence. And I honestly think I'm pretty sure it was this, like, super sleuth. I'm pretty sure her name was Joni. She's the one that found that Ramical article. That was, remember, like asking for like, I don't know, like a lover or something. That is where it started from because that's what she changed her name to. Yeah. So I feel like he was the clue, you know? Yeah. So it should go to her. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Interesting. Very, very interesting. But yeah, we'll keep you updated. Definitely. Um, but do you want to get started on this week's case? Yes. Let's do it, Lucky. Let's go. So first of all, I do, and I should have said it when we first um, (laughs) joined the uh, pod, but happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Yep, happy Valentine's Day. Um, We specifically picked this case because it is the nine-year anniversary of when it happened. It has a Valentine's link. Yes, it it does. It does. Um, And honestly, ever since this happened, I think about this every Valentine's Day. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. And even like after researching and just looking into this case all over again, I just, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like I'm connected, not connected to her, but like we could be friends. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you just, I don't know, it's just such a sad case. But today we will be discussing the case of Reva Rebecca Stenkamp. So Reva was born on the 19th of August, 1983 in Cape Town to parents Barry and June Steenkamp. She has two older half-siblings named Adam Steenkamp and Simone Cowburn. Now I'm guessing I think that Adam must be from her dad's previous marriage and Simone from her mum's. Yep. So... Reva's family lived on a small farm and her father was a horse trainer. She was actually a really keen horse rider until she broke her back in a fall in her early 20s. Broke her back, my God. I know. So she spent, I read, eight months in hospital and she had to learn to walk again. Oh, my God. How freaking nuts is that? But she was apparently, even I was seeing interviews from like just people that knew her and they were saying that she was always horse crazy growing up. Like she loved horses. Yeah. So Reva had a passion for cars and she loved cooking. One of Reva's close friends, Gina, had gone has gone on to talk about how good Reva's banana cake, <laughs> sorry, banana bread baking skills were. Yeah. So Reva was smart, funny, and successful. But on weekends, Reva preferred to read books and spend time with her family and friends than, like, going out partying. Yep. So Reva began casually modelling at the age of 14, starring in ads like Toyota and Clover. I'm guessing Clover is, like, a massive milk brand overseas because I, I had to Google it, but it seems to be, yeah. Yeah, like that, like, yeah. 
Like the milk. Yeah. What the, <laughs> what the, what the alternative? Alternative? Yeah. <laughs> um, and she was eventually named by FHM as one of the 100 sexiest women in the world. Wow. And this was for two years in a row. So this was um, from memory. I think it was 2011 and 2012. Yeah. So in 2007, Reva actually moved to Johannesburg after becoming the first face of Avon in South Africa. Mm. I feel like Avon was huge. I reckon, like, yeah. What growing year was this up, again? That, that was 2007. Yeah, I reckon as well. Because I feel like I knew like three people, like three aunties that did Avon, you know, like it was just like yeah. a big thing back then. Yeah. So by February 2013, Reva had worked as a live roaming uh, presenter for fashion TV in South Africa and she had started to dab a little bit in like reality TV. Yeah. She was a celebrity contestant on BBC Lifestyle show Baking Made Easy. <laughs> and this is in 2012, which it actually makes sense because you know how um, she had said one of her passions is like baking and her friend always talked about her banana bread. So yeah, totally makes, makes sense. sense Yeah, for her to be on this show. And she had also recently filmed another uh, reality show called Tropica Island of Treasure. Season five. Yep. So this was scheduled to air on the 16th of Feb uh, 2013. And I was really curious as to what the heck this show was. Did you, I don't know if you looked into it at all. I, th- I feel like I have seen like a snippet of it. Yeah. So it's like celebrities, from my understanding, I think it's celebrities versing just like everyday people, um, like six celebrities, six everyday people, and they just do like competitions and stuff and I, obviously they got prizes and stuff. But if you win like that competition for the week, you like get to choose. They, people have to tell you like why they should stay on the island and then you have to, you get to say like pack your bags and get off my <laughs> island. Like that must be like the quote. Anyway, I just thought that was a bit funny. Yeah. Um, she wasn't just a pretty face though. She was actually really smart yep. describing herself on that Tropicana, uh, Tropicana, um, Trop, <laughs> why can't I say this? Tropica Island of Treasure as brainy, blonde and bombshell. That's how she described herself. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2005, Reva graduated with a Bachelor of Laws degree from the Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University in Port Elizabeth. And she was in the top ten achievers for that year. How crazy yeah, on her is that? Class. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. So she's obviously a bit switched on. Exactly. So she's literally it's not even that she's just like getting by. She was literally in her top ten. In the yeah. top ten. Um and in two thousand and eleven she applied to the bar hoping to be qual- a qualified legal advocate by the age of thirty. Mm-hmm. So by this stage, Reva was working as a model and also as a paralegal. Yep. How do you say that? Paralegal. paralegal. Yeah, yep. paralegal, yeah. Um, so, sorry, that reminds me of um, Suits. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Reva wanted to help survivors, like particularly of rape and empower women. Like she wanted to be like there for like women survivors. And, um, yeah, she was really passionate about this 
And like domestic violence. Dem- yeah, yeah, exactly. So her boyfriend of four and a half years, Warren, he encouraged her to speak out publicly about this sort of stuff and he was really supportive of her like just, um, yeah, being an advocate for women and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So Warren and Reva broke up in June 2012. I think they'd just like grown apart. Yeah. But they remained really close friends. So in late 2012, Reva was set up by a mutual friend with Oscar Pistorius. Yeah. So they were first spotted together when Oscar took her as his date to the South African Sports Awards in November 2012. And they were just like the eat couple, hey? Yeah, like I feel like when people saw them together, they just lost it. Yeah. They were like South Africa's... Um, Posh and Bex. Posh and Bex, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's what I've seen as a comparison, you know. Maybe not as big as them, but I feel like they were heading that way, you know. Yeah, yeah. So at the event, um, I think she just claimed that they're just friends, but it, it quickly turned into a lot more. Yeah. So those who don't know, Oscar Pistorius was actually <laughs> a world-renowned sprinter. Yeah. He, he was... was yeah, he was born without key bones in his legs and at 11 months they actually amputated his legs. I think it was from below the knee. Yeah. So he was the first amputee to win a non-disabled world track medal. Yeah, I feel like even I remember him at the Olympics. Yeah. Like because he was like in the able-bodied Olympics and I feel like I even remember that. Yeah, I do as well, and I'm not a bit. You actually love. The I Olympics. love the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I do as well. I actually just remember thinking like that is so freaking cool, you know? Yeah. And he was in 2012. He was the first double leg amputee participant yeah. ever. Ever. So he was nicknamed the Blade Runner. And he did live that sort of cele- – like this is obviously once he became well-known. Um, yeah. He did live that like celebrity lifestyle. Yeah, he was like a hero. He was like yeah. South Africa's hero. Yeah. Like people loved him. Yeah. He had so much endorsements. I'm pretty sure he was even endorsed by like Nike. Like, you know, it was yeah. he was huge. Yeah, and obviously that made him very rich. Definitely. So this brings us to the early hours of February 14th, 2013. So Oscar wakes up just after like 3 a.m. because of the heat and hum- uh, humidity. Mm-hmm. Reva apparently is already awake and she like turns over and says to him, can't you sleep, Bubba? And he says no. So he gets up and goes out onto his balcony to bring inside these big fans. Do you know what I was wondering? It's not yeah. really related, but it's I've always wondered it. If you live in South Africa, wouldn't you have an air conditioner? <laughs> yeah, that's actually you know, I you know, I can't even rebut this, but I feel like there could be a rebut to this. Yeah, like is there a reason why he didn't have an air conditioner or And he's he's got a lot of money and the yeah. house apparently is like full marble and you know. But um maybe it was broken. I I don't know. Maybe I've always wondered. I was like, maybe it was the like. Oh, actually, you're right though, because I feel like it depends what aircon you've got. But like, if you've got refrigerated air conditioning, that work works wonders in summer. Like we've had a pretty hot summer, and that has worked so well. Do you know what I mean? But um, maybe they don't have it over there. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's something to look up. I'm going to yeah. get back to you on that, Lucky. <laughs> um, so anyway, apparently he had these giant fans that were sitting on his balcony. And from my understanding, he had the fans on and he was trying to like push in air or something. Like I actually don't, that, that sort of part of the story I don't really get. Yeah. But I do know that he woke up, he was a bit like, do you know what I mean? He was hot, he was bothered. So he goes onto the balcony to bring in these fans. Yeah. And the balcony doors are open at this time, right? And the balcony is connected to the bedroom. Okay. Anyway, he pulls them inside the bedroom and he closes the door and the curtains and apparently it's pitch black in the room and he hops back into bed. Now, at this point, has he got his legs on or he's on his stumps? No, he's on his stumps. Okay. So he hops back into bed and I think as he's getting back into bed, he hears like a screeching noise it sort of sounds like a window's being opened and it's coming from his bathroom like the bath like the ensuite that's in his bedroom if that makes sense yeah so the balcony their bedroom and this bathroom is all connected somehow yes and also just to keep in mind like if you're trying to uh, visually picture it it's there's actually a little bit of a corridor before you get to the bathroom so imagine like a room it's not like like directly um like a room right next door there's sort of like a bit of a um like a hallway. Hallway and then it's the bathroom, yeah. Yeah. So he immediately thinks it's an intruder and he's feeling pretty vulnerable, obviously because we said he didn't have his legs on at the time. Yeah. Um, he gets out of his bed and he grabs his hand handgun. Mm-hmm. N- now he specifically says he ran towards the bathroom, so on his stumps. Yeah. And he's screaming at the intruder to get the fuck out of his house. So he's come to this conclusion pretty much straight away. Yeah, like literally in like I guess a blink of an eye really. I mean South Africa is very, very dangerous. So maybe maybe you would be on edge. But, yeah, I guess he's come to that conclusion. So. Yep, and he's also yelling. So as well as yelling, get the fuck out of my house, he's also yelling out to Reva to call the police as someone's in the house. Yeah, so so he's brought these fans in and he, he has, is it then he's noticed Reva's not in bed? No, so he, he said that the room is completely pitch black. Oh, so he doesn't know if she's in bed or not. He thinks that she's in bed. Claiming? No, yeah. he assumes she's just in bed. Okay, okay. Which makes no effing sense because if she was awake like not even a minute ago, when wouldn't you have been like, ah, uh, what the heck was that? Like, did you hear yeah, that, you know? Yeah, exactly right. Which we will get into. But, um, yeah, he's – no, he's literally just assumed Reva's still in the bed because obviously it was so dark. He's jumped out of bed, got on his hand uh, handgun and run directly to the bathroom, right? Yeah, yeah. So he sees the window in the bathroom open. Yep. And this window is sort of like on top of the bath. Um, and he hears – so he hears the toilet door shut, Right. And again, imagine like a sort of ensuite with the bath and the sinks. And then there's like a cubicle toilet again off to the side, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Just like a separate toilet with a door. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he hears the door shut and he assumes that the intruder has run into the toilet cubicle. Yeah. He then hears a noise, again, assuming that... Like it sort of must be like a shuffle something. He thinks that the person's going to come at him that's in the bathroom. Yeah. So he opens fire and shoots four shots through the locked bathroom door. Yeah. 
So then Again, he, assuming. Yes. Yeah, assuming. <laughs> assumptions exa- here. <laughs> exactly. So after making his way back to the bedroom, he realizes Reva's not there. He claims that he's checked to see if she's hiding, like on the floor, behind the curtains. Uh, like, okay. Like, that's just weird. Wouldn't you yeah. be like, you know, I don't know. I just find this so weird, you know? Yeah. Like, wouldn't you just call out to her? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not only, oh, anyway, well, we will get into it because I've got so <laughs> much to say. Let's get through his, what he's saying, yeah. even though this is driving me crazy even saying this out loud. Yeah. But um, so this is when it dawns on him mm. that it may have actually been Reva in that toilet cubicle. Yeah. Because she's nowhere to be seen, right? So he quickly puts on his legs um, and he tries to break down. So he must run, obviously, with his legs and he realises that the door's lock- locked. So then he goes back and gets like a cricket bat and attempts to break down the locked door to the toilet okay. to get to her. Okay. So Reva was struck three times in the head, chest and arm. He picks Reva up and he carries her down the stairs calling for help. Um, I've actually read that he called, like, the security to call for help. He didn't actually call directly for, like, the ambulance or whatever it is. He called the security in that complex that he was living in, which I thought was freaking weird. At at some point between him realising that it was her in the bathroom. I'm not, I've got a feeling that he carries her down the stairs and then he calls, calls. for help. Okay. That's my understanding, yeah. Yep. So Dr. John Stips was the first person on the scene. He was one of Oscar's neighbours and he must have just heard, like, the commotion, obviously, do you know what I mean, gone there to help. Because at this stage, obviously, Oscar is screaming for help and stuff. Yeah. Um, so he attempted a jaw lift. So this is apparently is to open up uh, her airways, but he says that he could see that there was no pulse and there were no signs of breathing, uh, concluding that she'd been fatally injured. Yep. So the first thing Oscar said to John was, I shot her. I thought she was a burglar. I shot her. Mm. So the police arrived on scene, like they were there by 4 a.m. with um, one particular detective. Uh, he had a feeling immediately that the story Oscar told just did not make sense. Yeah. Two things that this detective found uh, that were really odd was that Oscar had washed his hands in between, like, finding Reva and, like, them coming to the scene like I just find this so weird this is weird yeah very weird and that he'd also moved her body um obviously because he had dragged her downstairs which he will say he's trying to get her help um but this contaminated the crime scene completely yeah but I also understand why he did it like because like if if we go by his story and you found and you realize that you'd shot your partner I feel like you wouldn't treat it as a crime scene initially. Yes. But at the same time, if you shot your partner, wouldn't the first thing you do would be to get your phone and call for help? That's what I I don't understand. 
Why yeah. are you moving? Like, wouldn't you get on the like the first thing you, in my head you would do is literally call, call yeah. someone for yeah, help? Exactly. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I just find that weird. Um. Also, there was like other weird things, like just regarding where the doona was placed. Like it wasn't on the bed. Like just weird things like that. This detective just thought like something's off. You know, something's off. Yeah. So Oscar was arrested and charged shortly after this whole thing. Um, I do think it is crazy that, I don't know if you know this, but you remember that reality show that she had filmed? The Tropic, whatever. Yeah. You know that aired just two days after her murder? Oh, my God. Isn't that freaking nuts? Why don't people do that? Like, what? I know. So insensitive. I thought so as well, and especially for her family. Like, what the heck? Although, you know what, though? I think that her family did want it to air because Reva was really proud okay, of, yeah. of being part of it. But I think just the timing, it honestly felt like, I don't know, I just feel like it's a bit, it's insensitive. Is that even a word? Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, also, something that gets me really bad is that Reva was really active on Twitter. And on the morning of the 10th of Feb, so this is literally just days before she was murdered, she actually tweeted the following. I woke up in a happy, safe home this morning. Not everyone did speak out against rape of individuals. And this was also her last Instagram post. Like it's just eerie, you know? Yeah. Um, So we should definitely dive into all the shady Things that don't yeah. make sense in That's Oscar's um, story as well as um, things that came up in his trial. Yeah. So, yes, he was living in one of the murder capitals of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year Reva was murdered, you know, there were 16,259 murders. Yeah, it's just crazy over there. Isn't that like I can understand how you wouldn't feel safe. Like that, that honestly for me, I couldn't live like that. Yeah. Um, he was living in a gated community um, with security. I actually think it was like like 24-hour security. There were high fences. There were motion sensors, um, bar- barbed wired fences. So the actual area, do you know what I mean, was meant to be like a secure living sort of arrangement. Yeah, yeah. Um, but things that... That's not even like the start of what doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. So things that I wanted to talk about with you was how the heck, which we sort of touched on before, did he not hear Reva get up? Yeah. And also, like, if you heard a noise, let's just say you heard something and Reva was already awake, like he claimed, wouldn't you have said, like, did you hear that? You know? Yeah. Like, I just find it odd. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I find that odd as well. Also, right, you know, he says that he was screaming out to Reva, like, call the police or there's an intruder, or whatever, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. Wouldn't she have said something back? Yeah. Like she wouldn't have been mute this whole time. No, no. So I feel like that just is dodgy in itself. Yeah. Um if he claims that he was, like, so scared or whatever about intruders in South Africa or whatever, but he slept with his balcony doors open. Open, yeah. So I feel like how scared could you actually be? Yeah, exactly. Although, I'm um, like, I'm not defending him at all, but the, the rebuttal to that is 
um, which I just thought I'd throw it in there, is apparently people like, yeah, but maybe he didn't actually think that the person had come through like a window. He thought maybe like the person had come in through the balcony and then, do you know what I mean, made their way to the bathroom while they were sleeping. And then, do you know what I mean? Like he only heard it when he had gotten up. Does that make sense? Yeah, but then wouldn't you at least call out to Reva because you, you would think that they've come past her? Yeah, exactly. If that was the situation that you're thinking of. And the biggest thing of this is he did not say Reva was sound asleep. He actually said that she was awake. Yeah, awake but, and, and had lost all sense to talk apparently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the bathroom window was open, right, but it was too small to fit through and there was no signs of forced entry to yeah. the house. Um, something which I think is – massive like mm. I think this is huge Reva had locked the door behind her yeah in the toilet in the toilet mm. and I just know that if I go to the toilet in the middle of the night I'm definitely not locking the, like I just find that odd yeah to lock the door behind and I get that like it was sort of like like they'd only been together like for four months and stuff yeah, but I still like, don't think I would have even locked the door yeah closed Regardless. it right, but locked exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And Not she had her phone good. in there. Yes, she did have her phone in there. Yeah. Um, if it also played out the way that Oscar says it played out with how quick everything happened, like as in he heard the door shut, blah, 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 she actually would not have had time to even lock the door. That's how quick he says the events yeah. took place. Yeah. Um, so that locked door in general just is a huge red flag. Yeah. It's also really important to note that Reva was, like, dressed. She was wearing black shorts and a white top. Mm-hmm. And like you said, she had her phone with her in the yep. toilet. Did he ever um, give a statement about what she went to bed in that night? Oh, I've watched so much this week and I actually have not found that. Like, I wonder if he accidentally said somewhere that he, you know, she was in pyjamas or something and then the fact that she was in the- Change clothes may have insinuated she was trying to leave. Yeah, and I wonder, actually, I didn't see this in the trial either, but I wonder if, it, like, it's even spoken about what she would usually wear to bed. Yeah. Because you know what's funny? Like, I've actually got, like, just a pair of Nike shorts, which are so comfy, and the, I don't wear them out, but I wear them as pyjamas. Yeah, I've but, got a pair of sports shorts I wear as pyjamas sometimes. Yeah, so I feel like it's, it's like that probably would look like I was dressed. You know, yeah. and I wear like a, if I was wearing a plain singlet and shorts, like I can sort of see how that would look dressed. But this, I guess, it depends what sort of shorts they were as well. Yeah. Um, but there is evidence that she may have been looking to actually leave that yeah. night. Yeah. Because apparently all her stuff was packed really neatly, apart from her jeans. Yeah. Um, which, like, I I completely get, but at the same time, if she had just gotten there, like there were times that maybe she just hadn't unpacked her bag at the same time, you know. Um, so I feel like that that makes a bit of sense to me, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't think I'd be the type of person to unpack my bag every time I went to a, a like a boyfriend's house. Yeah, like, and I'm just literally being completely honest because there are things yeah. in here that I'm like completely like, what the heck? And there are other things that I'm like, uh, like I, I can, can kind of see it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So there were two 
ear, I think I call them an ear witness sound. No, ear witness. Does it make sense? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like a, like a hearing thing. Hearing yeah. thing, yeah, yeah, like they heard, yeah. yeah. Um, in the complex. Yeah. And they heard a woman scream. And they've described before it the as shots. blood curdling. Yes. Yeah. And that, oh, like, like you said, like someone can scream and someone can like scream. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there were different types of screams. And the fact that they said that it was blood curdling. Yeah. Is just huge for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were also some reports that people heard arguing beforehand, yeah. implying that um, they were awake. Yeah. At the time. Before he claims they. Were. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, on the 13th, so the day before, uh, CCTV footage had caught Reva arriving at the apartment block. Uh, sorry, I say apartment block, but it's like the, at the complex, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, around six. And Oscar arrived shortly after her. So he claims that they had dinner. And um, oh, you know what? When they, obviously when they um, went through the scene, there was actually like, a gift on the table for him from Reva like with a card on it. Yeah, yeah. like oh, just so for Valentine's Day, exactly, just yeah. so sad. Um, and the Valentine's Day card on the front, apparently it said like roses are red, violets are blue. And then inside she'd written, I think today is a good day to tell you I love you. That's very nice. Isn't it sweet? Um, That's but- just one thing that doesn't make sense to me like I know I've read a lot that she would had planned to leave like that's why she was dressed had a packed suitcase but if she was planning to leave why would she bring him a gift yeah but see I see I think that she wasn't planning to leave till something's happened that night that night okay yeah yeah I don't think she was like because if she was planning to leave him that day um, I don't think she would have obviously taken a gift and taken her stuff, you know. Yeah. And, okay. and there's also a tweet um, that she put out on the 13th and was talking about Valentine's Day. Okay. Like that she's excited for Valentine's Day. And I'm pretty sure there's another tweet. I don't know if it was that day or the day before and it was something about like she had had like a protein shake or something. She's like having a shake with my boo or something like that, right? Yeah. So okay. obviously they were on good terms at that time. Yeah, it was obviously just a very volatile relationship. Like it definitely change, would change in a split second type of thing. Definitely, and there is evidence of that as well. Yeah. Um. So I just just regarding that evening, the only reason I'm bringing this sort of stuff up is because he says right that that you had dinner, whatever, and they went to bed early. He says that like Reva did some yoga and he watched a bit of TV, and they went to bed around 10 p.m. Yeah. But. As I said, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the autopsy actually shows that her stomach was full okay. when she died. Yeah. And if his events um, were real, yeah. then her stomach would have been empty. Yeah. Um, and it's because, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm guessing it takes, obviously, like, they can tell from the autopsy that if she had eaten six to eight hours earlier, like he claimed it would have been empty and it wasn't. So some, yeah. the, the, the night's events didn't go the way he's saying they went. Yeah, like that's kind of saying like it doesn't really matter when she ate but it's just the fact that he may not be telling the truth. Yeah, that they went to bed early, like what yeah. actually happened, you know? Yeah. So that was a longest way of describing yeah. <laughs> Um. 
So, like you were saying, their relationship went under the microscope and they had only been together four months, but there are stories that came out that just showed that it was volatile and maybe a little bit like that he used to belittle her and it yeah. seemed to be he was very controlling. Um, apparently, so she was actually living with her best friend and her friend's family at the time. Yeah. Because um, I'm guessing because she, her family, as I said, lived on a farm, whatever, and obviously due to her modelling or whatever, um, she was just living with them. And there were times I think they had met him like once. Like her yeah. family, like her, I, I say adopted family or like her friend's family, friends whatever. family, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they met him once and then afterwards he would literally just, when he'd go to pick her up, he'd just go outside the house and beep the horn. <laughs> like just sit there beeping, like for her to come out. Um, she had told her mum that he was telling her like what to wear and how to act. Which, you know, we know from experience. Yeah. And this is where, like, I, I guess, like, that's all, like, hearsay. Like, because obviously it's just, like, you know, like yeah. people saying what she's told them. Is that, I'm pretty sure that's hearsay, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas there's actual evidence showing that all this stuff happened. And I'll give you an example, right? So text messages were released in court revealing, I guess, do you know what I mean, some of their conversations and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and there is a text saying um, where she has sent to him saying that she was scared of him. Yeah. And specifically she wrote, I'm scared of you sometimes and how you snap at me and how you will react to me. Yeah. Uh, he picked on her like crazy. There's times when like apparently he told her that he doesn't like her chewing gum. Yeah, or like the way she chewed gum or something as well. Yeah. Yep, and apparently there's like uh, like this is all her like just relaying to him like nothing I do sort of makes you happy. Um, I think there's like another one where she must have touched his head and he's like, "Don't touch." He must have skitzed out. Do you know what I mean? That she touched him or whatever. Like just things that for her, she's like, "What the heck?" Like, yeah, it's not normal stuff. So, like, how will you know that this is gonna set someone off? You know? Yeah. And even like, you know, like that he doesn't like that she was putting on an accident at some stage. And there's this other freaking uh, text about how he was fuming because he had put on, he, he was in the car. So Reva, Oscar and Oscar's friend were in the car and Oscar must have asked him to put on some CD or some song, right? Yeah. And the guy puts it on and then Reva mustn't have liked the song and she's like, oh, change, change the song, right? And he loses it. Like him, I don't know if he lost it in the car, but he, she, he has messaged her saying like, you should have whispered it in my ear to change a song. Like as in that he was embarrassed that she said that. So he's just on a power trip. Like, it, I feel like he just has never been told sort of no, you know, and he like, like even, I mean, it works well when it comes to his legs and things like that, but it just must, I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, do you know, I'm sorry, but like it's it's like I'm just giving a complete example here. But when he runs, he wears these ugly glasses, right? They're, <laughs> they're hideous. But it's like her saying to him, don't wear those glasses. Like you would just never do that. No. You know, even the ugliest glasses in the world, he wants to wear them. He can wear them. And do it. Like it's, I just find this so freaking crazy. Yeah. So Reva, which is 
again, this is going to be, this is crazy. And I, I do feel like something like this may have come up. Yeah. Um, so Reva had actually met with her ex-boyfriend Warren for coffee yeah. on February 12th, 2013. And this mm. was just 36 hours before she was yeah. murdered. Yeah. So it makes me think like, was this something like, did he find out about this or has this come up in conversation and he's lost it? Yeah, because he was very jealous. Like he used to always say that she was like flirting with his, her friend's husbands and stuff. Yes. Yes. yes yeah, exactly. And he always wanted to leave. Like if she, you know, she didn't introduce him once or, he, you know, she didn't know that he was behind her and he didn't introduce, sorry, she didn't introduce him to her friend's husband and he lost it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And even just other things, like I think like, he just seemed to be like, you know, upset that she'd had other partners or like um, I think there was another case where she he must always talk about like other girls and stuff like that, right? So it's double standards right there. Mm-hmm. And then if she brought up like a funny story about one of her exes that she'd been with for like over four years, like just a funny story, he'd lose his shit. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. very volatile. Mm-hmm. Um. So also, sorry, Lockie, I don't know if you saw all this other weird stuff with him and guns. Yeah, like that, you, you – No, go for it. He, he, like are you going to say like that he was a bit of a gun enthusiast? enthusiast yeah. Yeah, and also like that he had apparently like shot his gun in a restaurant once. Yes, yes, and his friend took the blame for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also he'd shot like a gun at the um, – I don't know, at the um, rooftop of his car, not rooftop, like sunroof of yeah. his car. So he just seemed very careless as well. Yeah, like it didn't take him much to, to fire, fire yeah. a weapon, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, on the stand, actually, sorry, going back to all the relationship sort of stuff, right? So on the stand, Oscars, so he had another like long-term ex-girlfriend and her name was Samantha. Mm-hmm. And on the stand, she had said that she was scared of him. And she had told stories of Oscar locking her in his house without food or water. Oh, my God. And she – so it was a few of Oscar's exes had come out and said this stuff. So it wasn't just like – do you know what I mean? Like a few of, you know, Reva's family. Like, do you know what I mean? You could say that they were being paranoid. No, there is full evidence to back them up. Yeah, yeah. So – at the trial, at, oh, gosh, I've actually watched a bit of this footage and I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Um, there's one stage that he sort I think this is actually at sentencing, he sort of stumbles around on his stumps. Yeah. Like, like he tries to do a reenactment. Yeah. And it's honestly, it's literally like a pity party. Yeah. Because he usually runs on his knees and he's the one who claims that he ran to the bathroom, you know? Yeah. Also, I think when they're reading through, like, evidence um, in court of, you know, the night or, like, going through um, crime scene photos and stuff, he's, like, crying like crazy and he vomit. Like, he actually vomited in court as well. So, um, yeah, he uh, he's definitely turning it on. Um, yeah. So there is something because, you know, how we're talking about his um, – like just the complex that he was living in and stuff like that. He claims that people rented houses in that complex just to rob them. 
and that there was a ladder. And the ladder was, because I think they were working on his house at the time, there was a ladder found outside his house. So he says, like, he knew that ladder was there he assumed that, like, the intruder had used that ladder to get up through the window. And, like, I think, like, the crime scene investigation was very wasn't done very well but it'd no. be interesting to know like was the ladder like actually leaning up against the window as he claimed they would have come in you know what I mean like yeah yeah definitely hmm. so the defense also claim that the witnesses didn't hear Reva screaming that night but it was actually Oscar that they heard hmm. after realizing what had happened um and that the cricket bat hitting the door was what they'd heard. It wasn't the gunshots. So they're trying to claim that those, so as I said, those ear witnesses heard that screaming and then gunshots and they're trying to say that the defence is saying, no, it was Oscar screaming and then the bat hitting the yeah. bathroom door. I think if you live in South Africa, I think you'd be able to be tell able the to the difference. No, no, yeah, tell the difference between a gunshot. And like what, like he screams like a woman. <laughs> yeah and wait a sec actually Lockie let's pop this in there um yeah. let's just take a quick listen at Oscar he ex- he, he tries to do this screen doesn't he yeah let's yeah. take a quick listen Lockie yeah I screamed I said get the f- out of my house get the f- out of my house okay so as you can hear his voice has become High pitched when he's saying ideas. Get get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's not how you scream. No. If there is an intruder in your house. Yeah, and you're trying to threaten them. Like if you if he found himself like man enough to to want to fire a gun at these intruders, why would you scream like that? I know. (laughs) And you know what? This doesn't actually help what he the defense is saying because the defense is saying that he was screaming after he found out what happened to Reva. Yeah. Not that he no. was, he's he was screaming, get the fuck out of my house. When, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't help him. It just make I honestly think this makes him look so phony. Yeah. Agreed. It really does. Yep. Um so they did bring a defense expert, um, like a shooting expert and stuff like that, I mean, to recreate the whatever whatever happened that night. Um, and they do prove that apparently he was in like a defensive position when he was shooting. And they're claiming why would he have been in that sort of position if he knew it was Reva in the bathroom? And obviously she's not armed. So I'm just putting all the evidence, like everything yeah. that came out in trial out there. But um, I mean, like response to that would be he could be in a defensive position because he knew that they were in the bathroom with the door locked. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's just, yeah, it's the whole thing. But there's also, um, it's, it's funny because a lot of the original stuff that I was reading was saying that Reva was on, like sitting on the toilet mm-hmm. with the first shot. But, in a lot of the trial, I actually saw some evidence that she was standing and the first shot was to her hip. So you'd think that maybe they were talking, do you know what I mean, like through the door. Through the door, yeah. And, like, they, someone did testify that the shots, like she got shot four times and those sh- gun shot wounds were in succession as if the first shot that hit her hip made her obviously want to fall to the ground and the other three hit her as she was falling to the ground. 
Yeah. So, like, it'd be interesting to know as well, like, the people that heard the woman screaming, like the legitimate ear witnesses that heard the woman screaming and the shots, did they hear, a, like, a shot, a scream, a shot, shot, shot? Or, like, it'd be interesting to know, like, what they heard. Exactly they heard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what else? I don't know if you know this either. The bullets he used weren't normal oh, bullets. I know. This is just horrendous. What the f- you explain it actually. You're probably better at explaining it than me. Yeah, so he had these bullets and I think they're called I don't know what they're called exactly. Hollow bullets? I don't know. There's the, they're these bullets that what happens is that when they are fired, they then explode. So like yeah. they turn into shrapnel. So if if you're hit with one of these bullets, once it's inside you, it will explode and it will just um, make shrapnel go all throughout your body. So, like, you pretty much, it's they're made to kill. You, you really. shoot to kill, exactly. Shoot to kill, yeah. And, like, if, if you were to survive one of those bullets, you would be severely injured from the amount of shrapnel you would have inside you. Like, yeah. It's freaking disgusting. It's honestly, oh. Like, why did he have them? I know. Oh. I freaking, oh. So... It ended up being a 49-day trial with 37 witnesses. Oscar was found guilty of culpable homicide, so Mm -hmm. not murder, at his first trial. And he was sentenced to five years in prison. Yeah. On the 3rd of December 2015, the Supreme Court of Appeals of South Africa overturned his conviction instead um, convicting Oscar of murder. Yep. He was then sentenced to six years in prison and it was later increased to 13 years and five months by the Court of Appeals. Mm-hmm. So their court system is completely different to ours because it's yeah. all to do with the judge. Yeah. Um, so he will be eligible for parole next year, Lockie, mm-hmm. 2023. I don't know if I re- am remembering this correctly, but I thought that, yes, he, you know, he was sentenced to 13 years eventually but I thought that something changed recently and he's on house arrest for the rest of his time uh, am I getting confused ah uh, you know I actually oh I didn't actually see that I know he was on house arrest um at his brother's between um what's it called between I think it was in between his sentencing or in between when he was it was on appeal or something so there was a time that he was on he house was. arrest at his either his brother's or his uncle's house but I don't think it's at the moment okay I know that I read recently I think that it must be as I said it must he's I think it's to do with his uh probations coming up he had sent like a letter to Reva's parents mm. that caught them completely off guard so there will definitely be updates, I'd say, in the next, um, in the, like this year, in the next few months, just regarding this case. Yeah, God. Can I just tell you something else that I freaking found just eerie? Yeah. And I watched this interview with her parents, with Reva's parents. Yeah. And in this interview, they actually show two paintings Reva did when she was younger. Yeah. Have, do you know this? No, I don't. Okay. So one of them. So this one she did when she was 15 and it's a man under a tree, right? It's like a, like, like imagine like out, I don't know, like a lot of greenery, whatever, like out in some sort of field, right? Then there's a, a man standing under a tree and then she's 
standing sort of close by, like in amongst sort of like grass and the man's got a gun and he's shooting her and next to her is like a stairwell sort of like to heaven. How crazy is that? God. (laughs) And there's another painting she did and it's just sort of like her sort of curled up in sort of like a fetal position but sitting upwards. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And this painting, her dad actually says when they first started releasing like images of like the scene, not the actual scene, but you know when they do sketches and stuff and there was like a picture sort of of her sitting on the toilet like when she was shot. Yeah. And this picture is really similar to the picture she had drawn when she was younger. It's just crazy. It's just real. It's like crazy stuff lucky yeah. yeah if i can find them i'll actually post them as well i just think it's yeah coincidence Weird it's coincidence. coincidence yeah i will say her family are freaking amazing her yeah. parents are just incredible people and um, they've said that they forgive oscar um even though obviously they they're hurt and stuff like that they I don't know how to explain they're just amazing people um her mum founded the Reva Steen, Steen Camp Foundation yep. to help prevent similar cases in the future and also um just it says here this was is it from their twitter so the RRSF strives to be Reva's voice and continue doing her work in educating and empowering victims of violence and abuse. Hashtag doing it for Reva. And I don't know if you know this either. You know that she, the day after she was murdered, she was actually meant to go to a school and talk about abuse against women and girls. Oh my God. So her mum knows how important this was to her and hopes to continue, like, living out what she had dreamed, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So that is the story of Reva. Yeah. That is very sad. Obviously not a great Valentine's Day story, but, you know, we're not here for the laughs really, are we? No. <laughs> we are not. No. Um, but, yeah, if you have a case you want us to cover, send us a message on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at Caffeine Crime Canines. And until next week. Until next week. Oh, 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 oh,